the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Maybe I should have stopped and thanked him. Yeah, on my way to work today, I passed the golf course near my house, and I happened to notice that a man was out for a walk on the cart path. Um, He was wearing a mask. 55 uh, degree windy day. No humans in sight. He was surrounded by grass, trees, and sand, and he was wearing a mask. I don't know the guy. might be a neighbor of mine, but I don't know him. And as I drove by, I wondered what he thought he was accomplishing by wearing a mask. Now, did he think he was keeping himself safe? Or was he doing me a favor and keeping me safe as I drove by in my car with the window down a little bit? You know, that same virus that could jump out of the trees and into his nostrils on the golf course could just as easily as easily escape from his mouth and somehow work its way through the crack in my window and possibly kill me. But seriously, uh, if I were a news director at one of the local TV stations, at the morning meeting tomorrow, I'd assign a, a reporter and a camera to head out looking for pathetic people like this guy and ask them exactly why they do feel the need to wear a mask outside when there's not a human in sight. And you can make a case for it being his business and he should be left alone, and he should. He can do whatever he wants, but it's it's people like him who are fueling the hysteria uh, that's now been with us for two years. And TV news operations do uh, people on the street, man on the street, I guess they used to be called interviews all the time. It would be interesting to hear why supposedly intelligent people are still so afraid. Now, as part of the story, doctors could be interviewed, asked if they think that it makes any sense for someone to be wearing a mask in the middle of an open field surrounded by grass and trees. Hey, maybe they could make a case for it, and it would be good advice for the viewers. Get those masks on when you're out for a walk. But mostly it would be a good way of advertising just how ridiculous uh, things have become. In our second half hour... Tonight, we're going to talk to a man who's been pushing back on this stupidity since the very beginning. His name is Alex Berenson. He has a new book out. It's called Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Our Rights, and Lives. And then coming up after this break, in just a couple of minutes, women's pro tennis players have more, well, let's just say guts than NBA players. Stick around. The government tried to censor him. So did Twitter. But Alex Berenson has kept on reporting and speaking the truth about the pandemic panic. I'm Alex Berenson. My new book, Pandemia, is the true story about the coronavirus the mainstream media has tried to keep from you. The facts I've put together about COVID aren't secrets or conspiracy theories. They're available in government documents and scientific studies. Pandemia will give you the facts you need about COVID, including the hard numbers about its real risks and evidence that America's lockdowns have been useless, if not counterproductive. Yes, COVID can be deadly, especially to the elderly and the morbidly obese. But when you read Pandemia, you'll be shocked at the collateral damage caused by government and media overreaction, including huge increases in drug overdoses in 2020. My only agenda in writing Pandemia is to give you the truth about the suppression of your personal freedoms and the cost of our hysteria over the coronavirus. The new book is entitled Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Rights, and Lives. Written by former New York Times journalist and number one best-selling author Alex Berenson. Pandemia, available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. 
They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffett forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or gooby ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite, and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19-related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-In Pest Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair dinkum. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com promo code pen. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the Winter Olympics are supposed to open in Beijing in about two months. Uh, it's been obvious for a while that the United States shouldn't go and that the world should tell the International Olympic Committee to move the, the games, but uh, that's not going to happen. It might happen or it might have happened if more people and organizations had the guts and the, and the decency of the Women's Tennis Association. Helen Raleigh is the author of Confucius Never Said That and Backlash, How, Communi- uh, how Communist China, uh, China's Aggression Has Backfired. And Helen joins us now. Thanks for being here, Helen. Thank you for having me. So what is it that the Women's Tennis Association has done that the U.S. government, uh, the NBA, and so many other organizations should have been doing for a long time? Well, it's amazing. The Women's uh, Tennis Association, the WTA, their CEO has the full support of the board to stand up to the Communist Party by pulling out all the tournaments that's going to happen in China, including Hong Kong. And this, this actually means a great financial loss to the organization because they signed a 10-year deal with China worth like millions of dollars. And um, uh, Peng, uh, is, is it, could you pronounce the name for me before I say it wrong, her name, who we're going to talk about? Yeah, so, yes, definitely. So the, the WTA did this to, in response to how the Chinese government treated the Chinese tennis star Peng Shui. Peng Shui, okay. Yeah, she was disappeared for using uh, accusing a government official of sexual assault. We talked about it here last week. But what might have happened mm-hmm. to her if the WTA had accepted China's bogus email and video that they put out that uh, told the world she was okay? Well, if the WTA did not stand up for Peng Shai, we might never heard from her um, because, uh, you know, it's very common for the Chinese government to dis- to make people they don't like disappear. They did this to make, uh, hundreds and thousands of ordinary Chinese people as well as to most wealthy and famous Chinese people, including the China's richest man, Jack Ma, last year. And the Chinese government did not make Jack Ma reappear until, uh, dis- until made him disappear for like more than three months. So this time, because of WTA's insistence 
to talk to uh, Peng Shai, you know, demanding to know her whereabouts and the safety, uh, the Chinese government had to produce evidence that she's still alive and at least she's now temporarily, you know, unharmed physically um, after making her disappear for two weeks. And that's extraordinary. So if not for WTA and all the tennis stars spoke out for this uh, international backlash, you know, we would never know what would happen to her. Well, what would have happened to her, do you think? Oh, because, uh, so, it's very serious. Her accusation is very serious because, uh, you know, she accused this senior Chinese party leader. Um, he's no ordinary man. He's a very powerful man. He basically was the vice premier. Uh, basically, it's like somebody accusing Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he was at that, he was at that level. And um, he was also key players to help Beijing land the Olympic Games. So he, he's basically was one of, among one of the top five people that made all the decisions in China. So he's, he's very, very powerful. So lives about those powerful leaders usually are covered in secrecy. Nobody knows how they live. And so for her, for Peng Shui, for this young lady, she's only 35, for her to disclose this dark secret, you know, so publicly means a great deal of humiliation to the Chinese Communist Party. So under normal, I mean, I'll quote unquote normal circumstances in China, we would never hear from her. Um, you know, terrible things could happen to her. We would never hear from her because China already wiped her out from internet. You, you know, for somebody who won, who, who won, uh, who was ranked the number one in the world double, who were three times Olympians, uh, China already wiped her out on the internet. If you go to Chinese internet, you couldn't even possibly search her name or, or, or her image. It's as if she never existed. What? So they, they could make her physically disappear too. When you say physically, would they have killed her? Um, I, I, I don't know, but probably house arrest uh, or, you know, send her to jail. Um, you know, she would never, I mean, she's, keep in mind, she's only 35. Mm-hmm. So even though she's retired from playing tennis, you know, she could still coach and do a lot of things in her life. Yeah. But, you know, we, but, but the Chinese Communist Party could uh, basically keep her hiding from the public for the rest of her life. She never get to do anything she loved. And what do the Chinese people know about her? They, they, was she someone who was celebrated because of her success as a tennis player? And then uh, how, do they, how do they take someone like that, who they probably are bragging about, and then have her disappear without explanation? Mm-hmm. Well, so um, she's very well loved because, again, she's so young and she's so good. Um, she basically achieved the kind of accomplishment in tennis that no Chinese uh, woman has done before. So, and, and she's very cute. So she's, a, she's very popular in China. And her, um, her social media post, uh, even though the Chinese, uh, Chinese censor took it down within 30 minutes, but many Chinese uh, internet users took pictures of her. Uh, of her post. So her post was widely shared for a while, and many people sympathized with her case. And so everybody understood why she disappeared, because she basically poked the So everybody understand why she you know, disappeared, because China's internet is so heavily controlled, so we do not know how people really feel about this. Um, but, but I think that's why it's especially important for WTA, you know, not only saying they're standing up for women, for women's equality, you know, for women's power, they actually put their actions to, you know, basically are willing to sacrifice money financial benefits to actually live up to their values. That makes it especially extraordinary. Yeah, the the Communist Party isn't used to people pushing back uh, on its propaganda. Why is it so rare uh, is for organizations like the WPA to do this? Is it just about the money? Well, I, I think that in the West, uh, we, when I say we, I'm, I'm talking about uh, corporations and people of influence need to do a lot of self-examination because uh, economic coercion is one of the most potent weapons that the uh, Communist Party likes to use. Uh, basically, try, you know, had tried this tactic many times before, basically telling Western business, hey, you know, if you stay you know, quiet, if you do not complain about our human rights, then we'll let you access our markets. 
And too, unfortunately, too many businesses, organizations, like you mentioned, NBA, Disney, Nike, you know, LeBron James, they all fall uh, for that, you know, uh, basically bargain with the devil, right? Um, but the truth is, such kind of a compromise of our values is never sustainable, sustainable, and it's also morally bankrupt. It's, it, it's actually helped embolden the Communist Party to, to basically turn around to tell the Chinese people, see, the West, the so-called liberal democracy, they never meant what they say. You know, they don't care about the values. All they care about, all they care about is money. They're, they're greed, and they're greedy. So um, it's important that we, uh, in the West, not only say these are the values we care, but actually take actions when it matters. And I have, I'm confident that, um, you know, the WTA is not going to lose a lot of money because their action makes them so popular um, that uh, they, can, they can make up the financial losses everywhere else. But more importantly, they showed this moral leadership that is so urgently needed in the West. You know, we, you know, all the Western businesses and people of influence need to recognize they achieve that kind of success because they live in a liberal democracy that human rights are protected. Um, so they cannot forget where did this success come from, then turn around kowtowing to an authoritarian regime. Especially given the coronavirus, you know, the pandemic we, we all had to endure from last year until, the, you know, throughout this year, right? We should learn that lesson that a regime that doesn't care about the safety and health of its own people will, will be willing to do harm to everybody else. So we should take that lesson and, you know, basically stand up for what's morally right. We're talking to Helen Raleigh. You, you can find her piece uh, on this subject at The Federalist today, thefederalist.com. Uh, the She's also the author of a book, uh, Confucius Never Said, and Backlash, How Communist China's Aggression Has Backfired. Um, so if the, if the Winter Olympics are going to be held in Beijing, which it's pretty obvious it's going to happen now, mm-hmm. um, lots of media yeah. will be there. Uh and if this story is still out there, that the man who is very much responsible for the Olympics being in Beijing, which has brought media from all over the world there to cover it, what are the chances that this story will be covered? Uh, and what will China do to make sure that this is not mentioned by anybody, including the gutless United States media? Uh, I, they will do everything they can to make sure um, this this story will not appear in any major news stories. Um, they have many tools and toolbox. They basically can block the internet, you know, foreign internet access, and they also will basically use coercion to to push foreign media uh, and uh, journalists not to report it. They may even arrest some of the foreign journalists or kick them out of China. And what uh, what kind of a um, of a project or what kind of a um, situ- a problem is it for China to have the combination of this uh, event that gets worldwide attention in their mm-hmm. there in China, but at the same time wanting to be able to control the information that comes out of there? And could that possibly be done without the the uh, compliance of the gutless media? <laughs> No, they, they obviously cannot, but we have seen this happen too often, that the, the media and the sponsors, you know, businesses are just too willing to kowtow to the Communist Party. Um, but I think we are seeing a turning point from what the WTA is doing. Um, and, and I think this is a great turning point that, uh, you know, China's uh, reputation since the Communist Party, I should say, the reputation has tanked since the uh, pandemic. Um, so this, you know, what, what they're doing to Peng Shai and as well as the WTS re- reaction and the taking a stand is not, you know, is not helping the um, Beijing's reputation. So I think that the more and more people around the world are waking up, are waiting to take a stand. So uh, like you mentioned, that especially giving all this media attention, to China, that no matter how much they try to cover it up, um, no matter how much corporate media will comply not to, you know, mentioning it, 
But because of the power of the Internet and alternative sources of media, you know, people know what's going on. And people will push more change in their own countries. You know, we see this happening in Germany. You know, Germany, um, Germany just welcomed a new administration uh, after the election. And the administration already talking about having tough policies on China. And we see this from Japan's new upcoming administration are talking about the same thing. So I think that's why my new book is called A Backlash. I think that there is a growing uh, global backlash. Um, you know, it, it's, I would call it a green shoot. So we're not a, a powerful tsunami yet, but definitely I see hope. Well, not too long ago, uh, dicta- dict- uh, dictators and, and uh, countries like China and the Soviet Union they it was much easier for them to have uh total control over the media and there was no internet mm-hmm. uh they're fighting against that now is it a fight they they, they can win i mean is, 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 is it even possible for a country to to lock down information now the way it might have been 25 30 40 years ago well it's definitely more challenging but also let's keep in mind realistically uh, authoritarians like China and Russia have become very powerful, especially in China's case, because China's economy, China has the world's largest, the second largest economy, has the world's one of the mo- most uh, world's powerful um, uh, army, as well as censors, uh, uh, large uh, a group of censors. So China so far has been very successful to control the information flow, uh, both inside uh, China as well as the information coming out of China. And so so, so let's not underestimate what they can do. Uh, but, but at the same time, I think the only, the only way that the authoritarian regimes like China can win is because we, are, we, are, we in the West are liking them too, right? We have too many organizations and businesses and people of influence are willingly, uh, you know, giving up the values that they claim to stand for social justice, you know, human rights. And as soon as they're talking about China, they totally, you know, none of this matters. You know, we cannot succeed in standing up to China if we have too many, you know, organizations and businesses and people on our side behaving this way. So we need to call them out. We need to hold them accountable. And as consumers, because they already understand our money, uh, then as the consumers and the uh, consumer citizens, we need to show them where we want our money to, to go and not supporting their businesses, not supporting those people to let them know that, uh, you know, they're going to lose money at home, too, if they continue playing such a moral double standard. One organization uh, that could help, seeing as how this is the Winter Olympics, would be the NHL. Uh, to do what, imagine that what kind of an impact it would have on the Winter Olympics if the NHL had took the same stance as the WTA. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think all of us, right? We cannot count on the Biden administration to actually do a boycott. So I, I think actually from the athletes' their own standpoint, you know, I, I would like to NHL, you know, NBA or. The, the ski team, I would like all of them to, to take a stand because it's actually not safe for them, too. You know they're going to get the coronavirus tested. The Chinese authorities are going to collect the blood samples and DNA. And we, we know they're not going to, you know, the Chinese authorities are not going to safeguard those information, right? So, you know, even from the, I mean, the WTA's uh, CEO mentioned this in his uh, announcement yesterday. He said he does not feel safe to send the athletes to China given what's happening to Peng Shai. So I think other professional uh, sports uh, organizations need to think about the same thing. How can they keep their athletes safe? And it's really safe to send them over there in less than two months when we're not sure that their DNA, their blood sample, you know, uh, will be safe with the Chinese authorities. So I think every per- everybody, uh, every organization need to seriously examine, you know, what's the consequence for their own people to go to the Olympic. Well, Helen, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on. we got two months before the Winter Olympics, and I have a feeling that uh, a lot of gutlessness will be on display when they happen two months from now. But I appreciate the piece you did at The Federalist, and the book is Backlash, How Communist China's Aggression Has Backfired. Helen Raleigh, thanks. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. 
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The United Nations headquarters in New York City had been locked down for several hours after a man was seen pacing outside of one of its main gates with what police said appeared to be a shotgun. Negotiators speaking to the man who appeared to be in his 60s. Police say the man was first spotted around 10.30 a.m. on the east side of 42nd and 1st Avenue. House and Senate leaders announcing they've reached a deal on a bill to fund the government into mid-February, opening the door for lawmakers who narrowly avoid a shutdown entering this weekend. The new funding proposal, known as a continuing resolution, covers federal operations into February 18th, at which point lawmakers must either adopt another short-term deal or complete their work on roughly a dozen long-term appropriations bills that fund the government for the remainder of the 2022 fiscal year. Correspondent Bernie Bennett reporting. The Dow ahead 649 points, and the NASDAQ is up 104. This is SRN News. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, were you able to get them the cash? cash out for those home improvements, and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Dennis Prager wonders when some will open their eyes. We're living in an increasingly dictatorial country because of the left. The only reason you would not acknowledge that is you are afraid to. It's very hard to acknowledge at a certain point in life you've been wrong your whole life in thinking that the Democratic Party was a force for good. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The answer. Now's the time to plan your outdoor riding future with a brand new Indian motorcycle from Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. This is John Steigerwald. Demand for Indian motorcycles is at an all-time high while the supply is low. Plan ahead and get on your holiday shopping now with a great selection of Indian clothing and accessories. Reserve and take priority of your brand new 2022 Indian motorcycle today. Indian Motorcycle cycle of Pittsburgh and Warrendale next to Jurgles. Visit www.pitcycles.com. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. Always wear your helmet, never drink and ride. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com code 3388. Enjoy. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We're ending our rush hour in some rough shape on the Parkway East. Outbound at the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, shut down with an accident. So it is a big jam up from County Jail on up to that closure. On the inbound side, heavy into the tunnel, Greensburg Pike on down. That's close to a 15-minute delay. But again, the outbound side shut down at the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
It'll be breezy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see mainly cloudy skies tonight, low 34. Tomorrow will be cooler with considerable clouds. Tomorrow's high, 42. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 32. Times of clouds and sunshine for Saturday. Saturday will reach a high of 46. Some sunshine Sunday, then turning cloudy with a passing shower and a high of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, yesterday, the, uh, the lead story on most national TV news shows was that a guy in San Francisco who had traveled from South Africa had a cold and nobody he came in contact with caught it. That uh, was the big story. What he had is now known as Omicron and leaders around the world are using it to create more hysteria. Alex Berenson has uh, been one of the loudest voices against COVID hysteria from the beginning. He's the author of Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Rights, and Lives. And he joins us now. Alex, thanks for being here. Hey, how are you? Good, good. So you chose a tough subject to write about because our government seems to be able to come up with something else to become hysterical about. Every twenty minutes or so. So, how do you? Uh, what does the Omicron panic tell us? Uh, I mean, the Omicron panic feels like sort of the the last act in this nonsense to me. Increasingly, um, uh, assuming that you know this is not a true black swan, and that, you know it's not really dangerous, which you know based on everything we've heard out of South Africa and the, you know and these cases that are popping up here and there it certainly it certainly looks like a big nothing in terms of the medicine of it so in other words you know even if it's more transmissible if it's not more dangerous uh you know it'll just rock it around more quickly and and, and again the South African doctors who've seen it the most have said they don't think it's more dangerous so assuming that's true um you know why why the panic um and and there seems to be a couple reasons uh it's very clear that vaccines, um, you know, have, have effectively failed. Uh, you know, they have not stopped infection or transmission of this. Uh, it's still, you know, in Europe, especially Central Europe, there are tons and tons of cases. Germany's going back into lockdown. Uh, it's very clear that, you know, the United States, that people, you know, they get a few months of immunity and then that's gone. And it's very clear that, uh, you know, people in the United States are not interested in getting boosters. Um, you know, uh, uh, maybe maybe some older people are, but but there are many people, and I hear from them who say, you know what, I got I got the shot. I thought it was going to end this. I'm done with this, and they don't want to get their kids vaccinated. And the mandates are, you know, now all of the mandates have been put under, you know, court suspension even before they've taken effect. So here, the Biden administration, what are you going to do? You, there, there's going to be a wave this winter. There's nothing you can really do about it. Um, and so you've got to blame something. So you blame this variant and the companies are happy enough to play along because it means that they can hope they're hoping to sell more boosters. And it means they can come up with a new jab that's for this variant. And I think that's where we are. I hate to be so cynical, but, you know, 18 months of, of this and writing this book, writing pandemia has taught me to be cynical because basically everything they said has turned out to be either wrong or a lie or both. And I think even, you know, even when they wanted not to lie, they've wound up being wrong. And sometimes they've just lied. Yeah, I, uh, I've been following you from the beginning and, and especially on Twitter until you got kicked off. Uh, um, but uh, you've been pushing and I, you were my go to guy. I, I did read uh, your unreported truths about COVID-19 and lockdowns. Uh, and I'm especially like the one about masks. And I opened my show today by telling people that as I was driving in here, here in Pittsburgh, it's uh, I live near a golf course, and it's uh, 55 degrees today, a breeze mm-hmm. blowing, and I saw a guy out for a walk on the golf course, not playing golf, just out for a little walk yeah. on the path. He's wearing a mask, okay? He's wearing a mask. Yeah, I mean, how long is this going to go on, Alex? And, and what is well, that? Well, for some people, it's going to go on forever. I yeah. mean, there are some people who got afraid, and they're never going to get unafraid, and that, yeah. that's okay. Like, they, look, there are yeah. people, there are people who you know think aliens walk among us. There's people <laughs> yeah. lots of weird ideas. Right. Okay, we don't set government policy based on the fears of those people. We set government policy, you know, ideally based on what's best for the largest number of people. And uh, you know, and frankly, you know, when you can't, you can't always do that. But if you have to choose between what's best for young people. And what's best for old people, I think you should choose what's best for young people because, you know, the, 
like, you know, Whitney Houston said, the children are our future, right? So, so you know, I mean, I, I don't know when this became a controversial position. And again, in pandemia, I, I you know, one of the, the, the thing that is the craziest, I mean, there's been so many crazy things, but keeping the schools closed when it was totally clear that this virus was not much of a danger to children, and then it became clear that children weren't even really going to spread it to teachers, was just an act of political violence against kids. And you know what? The teachers' unions are being punished for it now, and I think they're going to continue to be punished for it, and they should be. Well, I, as I said, you've been pushing back on this insanity from the beginning. When did you first come to believe that the cure was worse than the disease? And, and have you always been somebody who just kind of you're? And I'm kind of like this. Uh, and I've been in the media for forty years. I, I've kind of been a guy who likes to not be a contrarian, but just kind of push back every now and then on the conventional wisdom, just look into the details and see if, you know, the the the, uh, the opinions that are out there are all well-founded. Was this something that jumped out at you, or have you always been somebody who just says, wait a minute, let me, let me see if this is uh, making sense? I mean, I, I would say I've always been a skeptic, like a lot of reporters and certainly investigative reporters. I've been sort of, you know, I tend to, you know, be suspicious and skeptical. Um, you know, the old line in reporting is, you know, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. Right? Take nothing on faith. Um, and so, but with this, you know, I was nervous about it. I, I think I actually was nervous about it uh, pretty early, you know, back in January and, and February. But but things started not adding up, you know, towards the end of February when the virus really didn't explode across China the way we thought it would. And then, and then you know, in March, it got scary again with, with Italy and New York, you know, and I live, you know, near the city. But what really, what really opened my eyes was pretty early, I mean, very early on, it was March, you know, March 25th or 26th. And again, I write about this in Pandemia when Neil Ferguson, who's a guy in, in London, he's an epidemiologist who is really as responsible for the panic as anyone else in the world, spoke to the British government and completely changed his forecast. And A, he changed, you know, he, he reduced it. He said things were much less dangerous than they seem. So, so that was the first thing. But the second thing was the, the media which had, you know, covered the initial forecast like crazy, ignored the change. And when I pointed it out, I got beaten up. And, and so I thought to myself, there is something here. Like whenever, whenever 99% of the media says one thing, there's something, there's a, there's, it's worth looking, it's worth at least being on the other 1% for a book. And, you know, and then, you know, then in New York, uh, you know, New York was in bad trouble in sort of early April, but it became clear that New York City, even with the, you know, even with the rapid spread of the virus and even with the fact that it's a vertical city and depends on mass transportation and all the rest, was not going to be broken by the coronavirus. There'd be deaths and, and you know, there'd be, you know, it spread very rapidly and it spread in nursing homes and there were yeah, people, you know, a significant number of people died, but this was not going to be a problem that was going to crack New York City and the hospital ships left and, you know, the, the field hospital stayed empty and it was sort of clear to me at that moment, we can manage this medically and that's what we should do. And that's the fight I've been fighting for, you know, for, for more than a year and a half now. Well, it's yeah, interesting. And when I say fight, I mean just getting the facts out to people. Mm-hmm. I think Pandemia does. So, sorry. We're talking to Alex Berenson. He's the uh, author of Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Rights, and Lives. It's interesting you mentioned the media's response to your um, questioning. Because I don't know if you're aware of this uh, today. I just, for the heck of it, I, I googled, um, I googled Pandemia Alex Berenson, and the first thing at the top of the page, it says Pandemia: How Coronavirus has the title of your book, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's it's right there. The next thing on Google after that is Alex Berenson: colon, The Pandemic's Wrongest Man. Yeah, as a piece yeah. by the Atlantic. The second item on the Google page is that. And that's yeah. not an accident. No, it's not. And I, and if you use sort of DuckDuckGo or another search engine, that's not what comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. My Wikipedia page is one sort of long libel statement towards me. I, I don't worry about these things, okay? And I was kicked off Twitter, uh, you know, effectively for saying that the vaccines don't halt infection or transmission, which, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that statement at this point. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, social media has been complicated for me. It also, it also certainly helped me early on gain an audience. So 
All I can do, I have a Substack now. A Substack basically is an independent newsletter. There's a number of conservative and you know independent journalists on there uh, trying to get our voices heard, and people can go look at you know that. If if you if you type in if you go to Substack.com and you type in Alex Berenson or you type in the name of the newsletter, which is Unreported Truths, you will see me, um, and you can sign up for free. So um, you know there I do have avenues to get my voice out, but but the media has uh, has not been kind to dissenters and and they certainly um you know certainly there are people i know who i used to work with at the new york times who uh who seem to profoundly dislike me now for saying things that they don't like amazing you you write in the book that you were shocked though by by how many people did turn to you for the other side of the story um yes. uh, you know, got your your twitter feed uh your twitter followers exploded from i think you said seven thousand to over 200 right away yep Yep, and then and then to uh, you know and then to almost uh, you know three hundred fifty thousand before Twitter banned me and uh, my audience was actually accelerating over the summer because what happened was people paying attention to the data you know there was a period in the spring where it actually looked like the vaccines were working as promised and um, and you know I I wasn't sure that that was true but it certainly looked bad for me uh, you know a good for the world which I was happy about but bad for me because I'd raised all these questions about the vaccines but then over the summer the summer of twenty twenty one the vaccine failure became obvious in Israel and in the UK, as it's now obvious, you know, in Europe. And it's less obvious here because our data is so is so manipulated. But uh, but it's still pretty clear it's happening here. Um, and so so, you know, people really turned to me. And that's when I got banned. I didn't get banned for being wrong. And I didn't get banned actually even for being a cynic and a contrarian because I'd been that all along. I got banned when I started correctly telling people that the vaccines were failing. That, I mean, and that's what's so striking. The, the, the dogma around this has been bad all along, but the dogma around the vaccines is a different level. I've been saying uh, all along here that I think that the story, when this is all over, if it ever is over, is going to be who overreacted the most. Uh, pick, you know, what, which government, which, who, which media, who, who has overreacted the most to this? Is it able, are you able to pick one group uh, out? I, I mean, who wore it worst, right? Yeah. Um, you know, in the in the U.S., I think it's the media. I mean, clearly, it's that. You know, it, it's the MSNBCs and the CNNs of the world. And honestly, I I spend very very little time listening to that stuff. I just have, you know, I have too many papers to read. I'm doing my own research. But uh, the other day, when I was on Tucker Carlson, he played this clip of people talking about the new variant, and I was I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they were talking how they were talking. In the U.S., the media has been the worst. But, uh, but overall, actually, the U.S., believe it or not, has been relatively, um, you know, uncrazy compared to, you know, New Zealand or Australia or much of Europe. We've actually been relatively sane. Um, and I think people in the U.S. don't really know how bad it's been in some other countries. We're talking to Alex Berenson. Uh, the book is Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Rights, and Lives. I've seen you many times uh on fox uh have the non-fox news outlets uh the, the msnbc's and the cnn's ever had you on no uh, well i mean you know they used to have me on before i uh before i started talking about the coronavirus i used to go oh, you know on occasion i would be on uh msnbc or cnn i you know i i knew aaron burnett because i i wrote these novels for a number of years um that you know spy novels and aaron actually liked them um you know cnbc i went on on occasion and, uh, you know, I was supposed to go on CNBC last June, June of 2020. And, uh, they, you know, they canceled, they postponed it and then they canceled it. And since then, not one sort of non-conservative news outlet has been willing to have me on. And my position is have me on, ask me anything. Like, I will go on as long as it's live and you can't cut it and make me look bad. I will go on for any length of time and answer any question. And they're and, not uh, interested. They're, they're, they are afraid. They are afraid to do it because they. I think they know that I know, you know, sort of the data sets better <laughs> than they do, and it will look bad for them. Well, what do you mean when you say, uh, this is from the book, we are not just choking on data, we're stuffing it down our throats? Well, I think it's, you know, I mean, it's true, of unfortunately, of the Internet and social media. You know, some people... Some people, uh, you know, social media is addictive. The Internet is addictive. We're all, you know, we all want, some people want to, you know, watch, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, fashion videos than anybody else. And some people want to play video games all the time. And some people want to update their coronavirus death toll every five seconds. I, you know, I, I think we, 
we as human beings, um, you know, a, a lot of us have this desire for information that the companies, the social media companies, are very, very good at capitalizing on. And so, I mean, I just think that's, uh, that's human nature. It's bigger than the coronavirus. The difference, I mean, what I also say in pandemia is that this couldn't have happened 10 or 20 or 30 years ago because the people who can work from home now, you know, sort of the policy setters and the, the white collar workers and the, you know, the lobbyists and the lawyers and the, you know, the, 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 the government workers too, um, they couldn't have worked from home in the same way even 10 years ago. But now we have the bandwidth to do this. And so we can do it and we can, you know, we can have these fake Zoom schools, um, you know, which fortunately that seems to be done. But, you know, for a year, we pretended that that was real school for a lot of kids. Yeah. So they, that doesn't happen 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago. That's right. I think it doesn't even happen. It doesn't happen 15 years ago, maybe 10. I mean, you got to think about how, you know, how quickly bandwidth has exploded and, 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 and by the way, the other thing is that I mean, the companies, you know, the uh, Amazon and Google, sort of the, the big, the really big companies, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Netflix, uh, even, you know, they, and Apple, they, they've become immensely wealthy and powerful. And they wanted, I, I'm not going to say they wanted the lockdown, but they certainly realized, and Wall Street did too, that was very much in the interest of the big companies to have these lockdowns. And they advertised to support the lockdowns. One of the, one of the things that, you know, that I explore in pandemia is that, uh, you know, there's this notion that the Republicans have been against this all along. But if you actually look at the data early on, Republicans were just about as likely to support lockdowns as uh, as Democrats were. And it, I mean, a little bit less, but not that much. But what happened was he's starting really with the Floyd, uh, you know, protests mm-hmm. when public health authorities said, you know what, these protests are OK. We don't care if people are in the streets for this. I think a lot of Republicans, you know, then realized that, 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 that the threat had been overstated. And as I say in the book, my position is the Floyd protests were fine. I mean, when they turned into riots, it wasn't great, but they were fine. The lockdown protests were also fine. None of it should have been uh, discouraged. It's, it's America. Your right to protest, you know, is, is real. And so, um, you know, I, I do think that that, that that sort of hypocrisy led a lot of Republicans to turn against the public health establishment, and they have not gone back. Well, Alex, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, the book is Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government Rights and Lives, and I hope lots and lots of people read it, because I think you're right on target and have been from day one. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. Okay, we'll be right back. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with IsraelTour.com 855-565-5519 or stand with IsraelTour.com This is John Steigerwater and you know that my pillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels. They've been part of this cancel culture and they want to pass the savings on to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of my pillow for their classic standard my pillow, regularly sixty nine ninety eight, now only nineteen ninety eight with promo code. They also have queen size, regularly seventy nine ninety eight, now twenty four ninety eight with promo code, or king size, regularly eighty nine ninety eight, only twenty nine ninety eight with promo code. My pillow is not just pillows; they have over one hundred and fifty products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to mypillow.com or call 1-800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's mypillow.com, promo code STAG or 1-800-716-8087. 
If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffett forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, you know, when you're 79 years old and you've uh, been in federal government for 50 years, uh, I guess wars kind of run together on you. Joe Biden uh, was at a uh, an Arab-Israeli history. Uh, he was appearing somewhere, and he got his Arab-Israeli history confused. Uh, he said, uh, I have known every prime minister well since Golda Meir, including Golda Meir. And during the Six-Day War, I had an opportunity to, uh, she invited me to come over because I was going to be the liaison between she and the Egyptians about the Suez and so on and so forth. First of all, it's between her. I hate that. But anyways, that's, anyway, between her. Political writers and commentators were quick to pick up on the kink in Biden's career timeline. There's a little problem with that. Joe was only 25 and in his second year of law school during the Six-Day War. He had not yet uh, launched his political career. Uh, the president uh, recalled his 1973 meeting with then-Israeli Prime Minister Meir during his first trip to Israel as a 30-year-old senator from Delaware, and that's an encounter he shared before, but he got his wars wrong. Uh, so uh, this guy is running the country, and he's the most powerful man in the world and really he really ought to know the difference between between her and she it's not it can never be between between she it's between him and her not he and she so that's not i don't know if which is worse i think i i think i'm actually more annoyed by the between she than i am about him screwing up the war because it's eh, kind of understandable but with him you just never know he's walking around in a fog Anyway, I'm going to put my mask on and head out to the parking lot. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.